G'day and welcome to Australia's favourite obsession of property. My name's Jeremy Cannon and this is my podcast where together we get to talk about all things property. Now today is a quick hits episode, but do be sure to join me next week when I talk with Luke Howes. Now he's an entrepreneur, innovator and a startup expert and a former board member of FinTech Australia. Well, we talk about the FinTech industry in Australia and the impact that this is having and going to have on both our commerce, our banking sector and of course the property market is something that we all need to be thinking about. Every cycle starts out with new innovations and new technologies and the fintech sector is the sector that is driving a lot of this stuff and it's happening right under our noses so be sure to join me next week but today it's all about the GOAT. Property investing in Australia reaches GOAT status and today I'm going to go through some reasons why I reckon that the Australian property market is the GOAT for investors And we've got to start with the coronavirus. Now, in Australia, our infection rates are basically zero. Our community transmissions are down to zero. And the only cases that we have are from citizens coming back to our country from around the world. This puts Australia in an amazing position where we're able to open up our economies and essentially go back to normal. Now, we said right from the beginning, well, the thing that we want to really be looking out for is that this pandemic stays as a health crisis and it doesn't turn into a credit crisis. Whilst it stays a health crisis and not a credit crisis, then we always said that from an investment point of view, especially from property, we expect our share market to come back by, say, 50%, but we expect the property market to stay up because that's what we can expect from the cycle. And of course, helping property prices stay up is the interest rates in Australia. Now, the RBA recently has reduced rates to 0.1%. This is the lowest level in Australian history. It's quite an amazing rate, and when you extrapolate through what you're paying that through on home loan and investment rates, it is very, very low. It's very hard, in fact, in Australia to find negative geared properties. That is those properties that have outgoings, you know, the interest rates that you're paying, the strata fees, maintenance, etc. that that is more than the incoming that you get from your rent. And so, of course, these very low interest rates will manifest into much, much higher uh, property prices. It's a very, very competitive lending environment. With rates so low, the banks are really operating on pretty sharp markets. Now, speaking of the banks, there was a lot of people that got very concerned about this whole deferrals of interest payments. Uh, and home loan payments, that it was going to tear apart the banks and our economy wouldn't be able to sustain it. What we've seen is that home loan deferrals have reduced to about 40% from what they were in their June peaks. Now, the banks are right on top of it. So the great thing about the data flows, etc., is the banks know where the potential problems are in their books, and they know where they aren't. And they, tours can take action and steps to ensure that they protect themselves and their customers from any catastrophic loss. Now, recently, the banks have been announcing their, um, their, their profits, which, of course, have been down. But the thing to be looking at there is that we want to be seeing how well their arrears are under control. And that's one thing that has been fantastic that's come out of this is that the banks well and truly have got their arrears under control. Their management of their books over this pandemic has been very, very good. And, of course, that has been helped out by uh, the government and the RBA again. The banks have built very, very solid balance sheets because in the first half of the cycle, lending has been particularly constricted. We've had APRA um, putting all sorts of constraints on our banks. uh, And of course, we've had the responsible lending requirements that have now been listed. But the banks are very, very keen to do good business. And uh, up until now, there's been very little credit expansion. 
Now, that is likely to change very quickly because with the lifting of the responsible lending requirements and, of course, APRA having listed their restrictions on the, uh, the growth of the bank's books, we can expect to see a massive expansion in the second half of the cycle uh, from the banks. And that's exactly what we expect. Our cycle theory says, our 20-odd year cycle says that we should have a mid-cycle pullback uh, around about now, which is what the pandemic has, uh, has supplied us with. And of course, the second half of the cycle, we get to this massive expansion of credit, which will manifest into much higher asset prices. Now, I wrote an article about this a little while ago um, and called Follow the Money, Watch the Credit and Enjoy the Boom. So if you go to countonflack.com, so it's C-A-L-N-A-N-F-L-A-C-K.com, under our blogs, you'll see that in early October, I wrote a blog called Follow the Money, Watch the Credit and Enjoy the Boom. It talks about how at the bottom of the cycle, there's all the finger pointing, there's legislation that's placed on the banks to restrict their bending requirements, um, then just to restrict their growth. And of course, the banks are acting in a fashion to ensure that they protect their balance sheets. Uh, there's finger pointing, that's all the stuff that happens at the bottom of the cycle. And then as the cycle rolls on, of course, the legislation gets repealed and the banks themselves become more aggressive in their lending criteria and environments. And that's exactly what we're seeing now. So that blog there, go and have a read if you want to know a little bit more about uh, what's happened in both the US and Australia. I'll put a link, of course, in the show notes. Now, another reason that supports my theory that the Australian property market is the GOAT at the moment is, of course, the government spending and stimulus that is going on. Some of that stimulus, of course, have been aimed at the coronavirus pandemic, the job seeker and job keeper that, um, that the government has uh, supported. But there's huge infrastructure projects that are going on. And there's major projects that are being brought forward. And this, of course, is creating a mini building boom that, of course, again, will just ensure that there's a bigger building boom that flows on from this. And of course, that stimulus spending into infrastructure projects just makes us more productive, which makes us more profitable. And of course, that profitability will feed straight back into the land price. So the government infrastructure spends will support and encourage growth in property prices. Now, speaking of the government, it would be amiss of me not to mention the US election, which of course, many people predicted would cause chaos and a crash in our property market. That of course hasn't happened. It's had little effect and our Australian property market has just sailed straight on through. In fact, our economy is just returning to normal, isn't it? Our borders are opening. Most of Australia has been out of lockdown for many, many months, um, living and functioning normally. Victoria, of course, has been the problem child in Australia, and they've now had weeks of zero community transmission. So you can expect the Victorian economy to open up very quickly. Most of Australia, as I said, is functioning normally. I live in Adelaide, and it's amazing how quickly we forget we were one of the first states to come through the pandemic. We were one of the first to open up and we've got really quite laxed about uh, the pandemic and the effect on us socially and, of course, economically as well. Now, all this coronavirus stuff, it is the worst pandemic that we've seen in 100 years since the Spanish flu. And people are scared. They still are scared, despite the fact in Australia that our economies are opening up and, and that we're living life pretty well back to normal. But people still are scared. There's still a lot of articles around about the place, about the market crashing, about the property market is well overheated and it's going to crash. In fact, I was reading one the other day that was comparing the US property prices uh, at their GFC highs um, to what Australia is now with regard to our indebtedness. The problem with those sort of comparisons is that they're apples for oranges because we're in different parts of the cycle. And this is important to understand. 
is that at the end of the cycle, when we're extended, that's when we will get a credit-induced land bust. That is when when property prices are at their most vulnerable. The mid-cycle, not so, especially the way that our banks have been able to navigate this together with our governments. Our economy's held together really well. Whilst this stays a health crisis and not a credit crisis, then property prices will stay afloat. And we're already moving through to the second half. We can expect the second half of the cycle, a huge amount of credit to be created. And that, of course, all that credit is going to manifest straight back into the land price. So remember that this is what we'd expect in the mid-cycle. We expect a mid-cycle pullback. We expect an economic pullback. We expect property prices to come back a little bit, weaken in certain spots, but not to crash. And that sets the base for the second part of the cycle. So let's wrap up this quick hits right there. And I reckon the Australian property market is the GOAT. Now, don't forget to join me next week with Luke Howes when we talk about the fintech industry. And of course, if you've enjoyed listening to our podcast, don't forget to like, subscribe, or leave us a review or rating for Property, Australia's favourite obsession. I've been your host, Jeremy Cowan, and until next time, let's keep obsessing about property. You've been listening to Property, Australia's favourite obsession. Any opinions, views, or recommendations expressed in this podcast are those of the individual and should be considered general in nature, as they do not consider your personal objectives or financial circumstances. You should therefore consider these matters yourself before deciding whether the advice is appropriate to you and if you should act upon it. Should advice be sought, please seek an appropriately qualified advisor. Investing may not be appropriate for everyone as there is inherent risk and the possibility of loss when investing in financial assets, just as there is the possibility of profits. Your host, Jeremy Cowan and Cowan Flack Proprietary Limited are authorised representatives of PGW Financial Services Proprietary Limited. AFSL 384713.